Though it's used in a variety of different ways, it's not hard to understand. Take means take, pure and simple. It's also a word that we see used in the Bible. Often it's accompanied with a challenge that involves action. We see the word and then it calls us to take a step. Join Valley Point Church as we look at four different uses of the word take in scripture. This week, Eric talks about the five main opportunities that we have at Valley Point Church to live out Psalm 34.8. Welcome to week number two of Take. And this is a series where we're simply looking at that word and how it's used in Scripture. And when you do that, here's what you discover. There are some unique challenges And there are some unique ways that God uses this word to help us think through, how does God want me to live? Let's think about that question for just a moment. When's the last time that you've asked yourself that and you've tried to figure that out? How does God want me to live? See, this is a question for all of us, no matter where we're at on our spiritual journey. How does God want me to live? I've been looking forward to this talk because there's something that I want for you. I don't want anything from you today, but there's something that I want for you, and here's what that is. I want you to have a passion for helping others experience and know what you've experienced and know. That's what I want for you, not anything from you. I just want you to have a passion for helping others experience and know what you've experienced and know. What does that mean? Well, if you've trusted in Jesus alone to save you and you've embraced his leadership and his forgiveness in your life, you've experienced something. You know something. What is that? What you've experienced, what you know, is that God loves me. And while that might seem like a simple thing and a simple statement, it's amazing, it's powerful, it's unexplainable, it's astonishing, it's surprising and stunning and staggering and shocking, it's breathtaking and remarkable and extraordinary, it's jaw-dropping, it's wondrous, it's wow, it's all of that. God loves me. God loves you. God loves us. It's incredible to think about. And sometimes we allow that to become a little casual in our lives. And we put it in terms like this. Well, the weather was sure rotten today, wasn't it? But the Phillies have started training camp, and my kids are going to begin soccer soon. And boy, I sure do love that new TV show. And God loves me. There are certain things that deserve a lot more attention, like God loves me. That should be way up there, and then Phillies, I mean family, something like that. Priorities, right? Now, there's two challenges that happen for us when we embrace Christ. Here's challenge number one. We lose the wow factor. I mean, it just kind of disappears. And our friendship with Christ becomes a little boring and it becomes usual and we see it as a to-do item on a list. Like I've given some time to Christ and so I can kind of check that off. I'm done with that. 
we lose the wow factor. Here's the second challenge, and that is we lose this passion for helping others experience and know what we've experienced and know. So we lose the wow factor and we lose this passion. Those are the challenges. Significant challenges, by the way. Challenges that have the full potential to keep us from living the kind of life that God wants us to live. So what do we do? Well, today we're going to look at one little verse in Psalm chapter 34 that kind of provides some answers for that. But let me say this. If you are here today and trusting Jesus, believing in him is not really your thing and that's not a step that you've taken, I'm really glad that you're here because what we're going to discover is that God wants us to take refuge in him. He wants that from us and he wants us to hide in him, to actually hide behind him and he invites us to do that. This God that we talk about and this God that we serve... He invites us to take refuge and to hide behind him. So I think that you'll find this very comforting. So what do we do? Here's Psalm Psalm chapter 34 and verse 8. It says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Now do you see that word taste there? It means exactly that, to taste or to eat. But the idea of this word is that we're actually fully alive and our senses are awake. I mean, we have tasted and our eyes are bright and we're ready for more. So what are we alert to? Well, we're alert to the fact that we can see that the Lord is good. And that's not generally a problem for us. We like that. We want to taste that the Lord is good and we want to see that and we enjoy that and that's a good thing for us. There's more to the verse though. It says, oh, the joys of those who take, there's our word take, and then look at this next word, take refuge in him. That word refuge means to seek refuge or to flee to for protection, to put trust in God, to confide in him, and to put all of our hope in him. It's actually the Hebrew word, kasaw, And it's a word related to belief or faith in God. So it really has the idea here of putting 100% of our faith, 100% of our confidence and our belief in God and God alone. So get this. Here's Psalm 34 verse 8 and it says, taste. Have your senses awake to the fact that God is good. And again, we like that part. That makes sense to us. But there's actually more joy for those who take refuge, who place 100% of their belief and their trust and their confidence in God. Here's our big idea for today. If you've taken refuge, if that's a step that's already happened for you and you've put your faith and your trust and your confidence in God, then the challenge today is to help others take it too. If you've taken refuge then we've got to think about how we can help others do the same thing. We need to think about how we can help others taste and see and help others take refuge and place their hope and their trust and their confidence in God. See, here's the thing. God never intended for us to keep this friendship with him a silent thing. 
God never intended for our joy in him and who he is and all that he's done for us to be a silent thing. It's designed to be given away. It's designed to be shared with as many people as possible. Think about this. God has one plan to share his life-changing message with the world. There is no plan B. Like if that doesn't work, then we'll just roll into plan B. And if that one doesn't work out, then we'll develop a plan C and we'll push that. God has no plan B. He has no plan C. He has one plan for sharing his truth and his hope and his life-saving message with the world. And that plan is us. It's the church. Isn't that incredible? We get in on helping others to taste and see. We actually get in on that, which is amazing to think about. And we get in on helping others take refuge and place their confidence and their trust and their belief in God. We get in on all of that. And I want to really unpack this concept of getting in on helping others taste and helping others take refuge. And how we as a church, how Valley Point Church is built around this model that we find in Psalm chapter 34 in verse 8. It's why we do what we do. It's why we program the way that we program. It's why. Our church actually began 41 years ago. And the first pastor of this church was a guy by the name of Frank McQuaid. Many of you have had the opportunity to sit under his ministry if you were here during that time. Some of us didn't. And what I know about Pastor McQuaid is that he was an individual who lived out Psalm 34 and verse 8. I never had the chance to meet him. Wish I could have. But I know from what people have shared that his whole life was really about helping people taste and see that the Lord is good, and helping people take refuge and place their trust and their belief and their confidence in him. So from the very beginning, Pastor McQuaid's ministry and this church was founded on helping others understand God's amazing plan and that he's got a dream and a purpose for our lives. Pastor McQuaid passed away a couple of weeks ago. And I'd encourage you to be praying for his family as they walk through this time of loss But from the very beginning, this church really was centered on this concept of looking out and realizing that there are other people. And we have this responsibility to help others experience and know what we've experienced and know and to help them taste and see and take refuge in this loving God. And so... What I'd like to do is just kind of think through how all of us can help others see and taste and take refuge. And if you've been around Valley Point for a while, then this is going to serve as a reminder to you of the why. If you're newer to Valley Point, then you're going to get kind of a sneak peek behind the scenes of what happens around here. So what I want to do is I want to share with you five different opportunities, five different ways that we are built around helping all of us help others taste and see, and take refuge. Here's opportunity number one, and you can find these blanks in your program, and I'd encourage you to take that out, fill this in, because I want you to be thinking about the different ways that all of us as a faith community can be involved in helping others taste and see and take refuge. Here's opportunity number one. It's Sunday morning. Sunday morning, what we're doing right here. 
And I would just encourage all of you to take advantage of Sunday morning. And obviously you're here, so you're doing that. You kind of understand that. Hopefully you find this something to be encouraging and beneficial to you and challenging at times. Take advantage of Sunday morning. There's two different ways I want to think about Sunday morning. Here's the first way. It's invite. Invite, invite, invite. And if this is something that you're enjoying and that you're benefiting from, I'd encourage you to fill the chair next to you and invite friends to experience this with you. All of the studies say that inviting works and that if you invite people, they are likely to show up and they're likely to give it a shot. Now, they might not do that on the first time or the second time or the third time, but they eventually might come and join you because they're interested in you and your life and what's helping you. Tanya and I have some friends that we've invited at least a dozen times, and they always say, no. But we're convinced at some point, if we gently and at the right time extend that invitation to them, that eventually they're going to come and they're going to check this out, and I think it'll make a real difference in their lives. And so I want to encourage you, take advantage of Sunday morning. And the way that you can do that is by inviting people to come and join you and experience what's already helping you. I've already shared with you guys my story of inviting and how 34 years ago, two individuals that my father worked with outside of Chicago, Illinois, invited him to their church. So I went to church with my mom and my sister when I was a young guy, but my dad didn't go because he didn't like it and it wasn't for him. And so he was okay with us going, but he wanted no part of that. Well, a couple of guys at work became friends with my dad and he really liked them and enjoyed their company and appreciated what they had to say and how encouraging they were. And eventually they extended that invite for my dad to come to their church. And so my dad came home and said, hey, we're gonna try that out. I want all of us to go. I think it'll be a good thing for us. And so we were up for that journey and we went to that church and that started a three-month journey for my mom and dad where they began to taste and see that God is really good And about three months into that journey, they made the choice to take refuge and place 100% of their trust and 100% of their belief in him. And eventually, in time, my sister and I did the very same thing. Inviting works. And I got to tell you, one of my favorite things to do on a Sunday morning, there's a lot of things I love about Sunday morning, but one of my favorite things is to stand out in the lobby and to watch as people peer out those doors and they're kind of waiting for the person that they've invited to show up and then they walk over to me and say hey I hope you're not lousy today because I have friends who are coming and no pressure on me but I love that I think it's just amazing when people all of a sudden have a stake in the game and they want everything to work and they want the coffee to be hot and strong and they want people to be friendly because they've got a friend coming and everything matters all of a sudden and so I want to encourage you to take advantage of Sunday morning by inviting other people get that bug and I hope everybody is standing at those doors just waiting for their friends to come I think that would be an amazing thing there's another way that you can take advantage of Sunday morning and that is not only with inviting but it's through serving. So there's a lot that has to happen in order for us to do church. We don't just open the doors and everything's there and it starts happening. People have to choose to serve. They have to choose 
to get involved. And so I want to encourage you to begin thinking about this, and I want to throw out a challenge for everybody. Here's what I'm looking for. 20 individuals who are currently not serving in any way on a Sunday morning. So if you're doing that in any way, you're kind of off the hook. But we have a lot of new people, and we have people who have been around for a while, and they've stopped doing other things. So we're looking for 20 individuals currently not serving on Sunday morning to serve two times a month from now until June. June of 2013. Not 2020, because that's just way too long. So we're looking for a short-term commitment here of 20 people from March until June of 2013. And here's what we're looking for. Set up and tear down. It's just a big need right now. And I want to honestly share that with you. And we have always responded here at Valley Point to the different needs that we have, whether it's a financial thing or a serving thing or a love day thing. People have always responded. And so I really believe today we're going to have 20-plus individuals respond to this. But it's a big need right now. We're looking for these 20 individuals eight times between now and June to either help with setup in the morning for about an hour and a half or to hang out after we're all done and help us tear things down for an hour and a half. If you come in the morning, a lot of the individuals do that, and then they actually leave to go help their family get ready and come back. So there's time for that. But we're looking for these 20 individuals, and it'll make a huge difference in what happens around here. Let me just say this. Without those teams, we cannot do this. It just doesn't work. And so that might seem like a small thing, or might seem like an unimportant thing, but those who come early in the morning to set up are some of our biggest servants around here and some of our biggest cheerleaders and those who stay a little bit later to tear down some of our biggest servants and biggest cheerleaders. And you have the opportunity to help us in a very unique way to encourage others to taste and see that God is good and to help people take refuge and place 100% of their trust in him. If we don't set up, if we don't tear down, none of this happens, and we won't be a help to anybody. So this is kind of a big deal. And you're going to have the opportunity on your connection card to put your name down and to respond to that. And if God is tugging at your heart, just do it. All right? Put your name down only eight times if you hate it, If it's just a terrible thing for you, you can do it eight times and then you can be done and you won't have to worry about it again. But a big need for us right now, and I want to honestly share that with you, and I think we're going to have a lot of people respond. And just know, when we invite, when we take advantage of Sunday morning by inviting or by serving, whether it's set up or tear down or really anything else, we are helping people experience and know what we've experienced and know. That's opportunity number one. Here's opportunity number two. It's love days. And let me just talk to you about our next couple of love days. They're going to take place on Sunday, March the 17th. That's a collecting day. You can just bring stuff with you and leave it out in the lobby. And you can go to our website now at valleypointchurch.com and you can find all the different things that we're going to be collecting. It's really simple. It's really easy. And it makes a difference. Our next Saturday serve day is April the 20th. And I got to tell you, we just walked through one of these Saturday serve days a week ago. And they are amazing, and they're fun, and I'm always blown away at the people who come 
just to give up about three hours of their Saturday morning to make a huge difference in the lives of others. I actually want to read a letter to you that's from the Salvation Army. So we sent a group there last Saturday, and they sent a note to us, and it's just incredible. Here's what it says. Thank you so much for putting together the group that came to the Salvation Army to clean. What a great group of people. I love the fact that they brought children along with them. What a fabulous job they all did. The kitchen was sparkling clean. The walls in the hallway looked like they were freshly painted instead of scrubbed. So many people have commented on the fact that the area is cleaned. It looks so good. What a wonderful thing it is. This is an incredible line. So listen to this. What a wonderful thing it is when people who love God, who want to make a difference, get together and do just that. Make a difference. Thank you for caring and thank you for sharing. That's love day. They are incredible days. And if you haven't done one of these yet, I want to invite everybody now, either on March the 17th, to bring something with you and drop that off. But really, think about April the 20th. Come on out to the Bethel Road campus. We eat together. We pray together. And it is amazing. And you just need to try it. Okay? Will you shake your head a little bit? All right, you need to give that a shot because it is a lot of fun and it's amazing and it'll change your life. To give you a little perspective on what some of that Saturday event looks like, we actually have some highlight uh, video from when we did this a week ago. So let's watch this together. So Love Days, they help us help others do Psalm 34, verse 8. encourage you to get involved in that. Here's opportunity number three. It's compassion trips, and this is where we have the chance to kind of leave the safety of here and go out and do some incredible things. So to help us explain that, would you please help me welcome Bradley, Brooke, and TJ. Yeah. (laughs) Well, this is Brooke and TJ. TJ is a sophomore in high school. Brooke is a freshman, both youngins, and they've both decided to go on a Guatemala trip coming up in a couple of weeks. And uh, we just wanted to talk to you guys today a little bit about why they've chosen to go and what that trip is all about for them. So, TJ, tell us a little bit about why you decided to go to Guatemala with us this week, this month. Uh, well, I've been on a couple of these trips, um, and I really go for two reasons. One, um, I go to go um, and bring the love of Christ to these kids and help mm-hmm. them in any way that we can. If it's playing soccer with them or building a feeding center like we are or, you know, um, we've done medical missions. Uh, so anything like that. And also I go... It's kind of selfish, but I go for myself because every time I go, I really just get stronger in my faith, and I really feel like these kids are bringing the love of Christ to me when it should be reversed. Yeah. So it's, it's, that's really cool. That's awesome. Brooke, why, why did you decide to go to Guatemala? Because you guys are raising support and doing, doing the whole shebang. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, last year when I went to Guatemala, I expected, like, so little. Like, we're just going to go there, and we're going to build a playground. But it really wasn't that. It was more of, like, the kids impacted me more than I impacted them. And it was just fun to see, like, how much God affected their life and not only mine. And I want to go back there and experience that again. That's awesome. Cool. And you guys haven't, I mean, you've been on a couple of trips. This isn't your first time. You guys are veterans, right? Like, where, where all have you been on missions trips? Um, I went to Guatemala last year, and I went to West Virginia, and I went, I do Love Days and Urban Promise and many more to come. Very cool, very cool. TJ, you're the same. You're a veteran. You've been on a couple of these things, not just with the church, but with your school, too. Where all have you been? Uh, yeah, actually, with my school, I've been to Philadelphia on two different occasions for two weeks each. Um, I've also been to Urban Promise and Love Days, like Brooke has. Um, mm-hmm. 
I'm going to Guatemala. Um, I've been to West Virginia and the Dominican Republic and also Panama. So. Wow. Okay. So you've been to like many, many countries. <laughs> That's awesome. So, uh, Brooke, you tell us a little bit about, tell us a story maybe about a time where you were in uh, Guatemala or somewhere and uh, you felt that God used you to help somebody. Yeah, I have a specific story. Once when we first got there to the place we were staying in Guatemala, there was this little girl, the cook's daughter, and uh, she seemed kind of lonely. So I decided to toss a ball with her and we were one day like, we can't really communicate with each other. So I kind of like, like I was, I went in my suitcase and I grabbed some clothes and I folded them up and I gave it to her and she like immediately started to cry and she ran to her mom and I'm like, whoa, what is going on? I gave you clothes, you know? And if someone gave me clothes, I would just be like, thanks and walk away. But she started crying and her mom started crying and came up to me and was like, gave me the biggest kiss and hug. I was like, thank you, thank you. And then like it brought so much joy to them like just to have clothes and it's just amazing that actions can speak louder than your words that's so cool um tj you we've talked a little bit about too about what what happens when you go on these trips and uh so just tell us a little bit about what like what happens to you when you come back and when you go to uh like a different country you go into philadelphia on a on a compassion trip like this well it's really a life-changing experience like uh i've said before um one story that i have actually is um when I was in the Dominican Republic, it was my first missions trip. Yeah. Um, they had this shipping container, and I don't know where they got it because they were hundreds of miles from water. Right. So um, we would go and sit up there, and I had these two kids I would sit with. His name was Willie, and the other was Alelio. Um, and we would just look out, watch these kids play basketball and soccer. And These kids were so happy just to be sitting next to me. We, we weren't really doing anything. I didn't really know Spanish at that point. Um, right. And just the joy in their hearts really just hit me. Like, they're hungry and, like, they're just sick. You can tell they're sick, and they have nothing, yet they're so happy. And that's really something that I wrestled with. Like, why are they so happy? And we complain all the time yeah. when, I mean, just look where we're having church in and the clothes we're wearing compared to, you know, where they have church and the clothes they wear. It's just it's amazing. Yeah, it seems so counterintuitive that being in America and we have everything and we don't really have to worry about meals, and yet uh, depression rates and things like that are so high in the States. But other places, you go there, and you see that they have a ball and shorts, and they're like, they're stoked about it. Like, they're so excited. Oh, I have, I have, I have flip-flops. Like, finally, I don't have to walk on the dirt anymore. And yet, they're so happy and joy-filled. It kind of, like, messes you up a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, it definitely messes <laughs> me up. Uh, another time when I was in the DR, we were on the roof with a couple, of, um, a couple of my friends and my dad. We were all up there. And we were looking out, and we started to hear this noise. And we're like, where's this music coming from? And we saw people were in the church. And it was, like, 9 o'clock at night. And it went all throughout the night. And it's just amazing how they, they can worship for six, seven hours straight when, you know, we think an hour-long church service is long. Just, yeah. you know, the love they have for Christ is just so amazing. Yeah. We're so proud of you guys for being able to go on these trips. And not just one trip, but continue to go back and to go back. And uh, I'm completely convinced that one day you guys are going to be the people, the adults, and the young adults leading these trips and going to these places and changing the world. And I think God is going to continue to use you guys to uh, help other people find refuge in him, and that's just huge. So let's give it a big round of applause for these guys. Awesome. Thanks, you guys. Great to see young people leading, isn't it? It's an incredible thing. And we have these opportunities with these compassion trips, no matter what age we are, to help people taste and see and take refuge. So this Guatemala trip is coming up in March, and 
that one's set and secure, and we're going to be praying for that in the weeks to come, and you'll get the chance to see the group that's going on that. But we have a group of about 31 people that are going to go and begin work on a feeding center there. That's going to be a wonderful time leading up to Easter. I do want to let you know we've got another trip planned in September, and that's going to be to Russia. And we work with some orphanages there, and we do some work in feeding centers, and we're excited about this trip that's coming. And if you have any interest in that at all, I'd encourage you to stop by the Just For You station out in the lobby, and you can put your name down, and you'll get information about the details for that trip. But compassion trips help us live out in a pretty significant way, Psalm 34, verse 8. Here's opportunity number four. It's training. Training. If we want to get better at anything, at some point we have to sharpen our skills a bit and have some training that's just dumped into our life. And so I want to let you know about a training event that is coming that will help us help others experience and know what we've experienced and know, and that is the Coffee House Gospel. It's coming up in March, and you can sign up for that on your connection card. We did this last year. We have all new content, and it's just a lot of fun. We do it at our Bethel Row campus, and we kind of turn that into a coffee house, and we serve great taste in coffee and have coffee snacks, and then we just talk about how we can, in a natural way, share what Christ has done for us with language that makes sense and with our story and with what God is doing on the inside and actually share that with the people around us in hopes that they will taste and see and take refuge. So I hope everybody here signs up for that. You've got two different nights. It's both the same content, so you only have to pick one, but you've got some options there. And I don't think it's too much to ask for a couple of hours for us to get together and dig into God's word, and think about how we can get much better and sharper at sharing our story so that we can invite and just help people take refuge in God. I don't think that's too much to ask. So you're going to have the opportunity to sign up for that. It's fun. Everybody should do this. And I want you to think about this training event called the Coffee House Gospel. going to be great. Here's opportunity number five. It's you. Every day and everywhere. Every day and everywhere. It's you, because the church isn't just about what happens here. This is certainly part of it. But the church, really, in a pretty significant way, is more about going and leaving these four walls. And in our communities, and in our workplaces, and in our schools, and in our homes, in our communities... It's helping people know that God has a wonderful plan for their lives. So this is about you. It's about me. Every day and everywhere being prepared just to go and share a little bit about what God is doing in us. And when we do that, we are actually helping people experience Psalm 34, 8. They get a shot at tasting and seeing that God is good through us. We're in on that. Or they get the chance to actually respond and take refuge and put 100% of their trust and their belief in this God. And we get in on that as well. This is about real relationships and real significance. Now here's the deal. This is for all of us. It's for all of us. 
And I'm really, really excited and think that God has big things in store for Valley Point Church as we go and as we implement Psalm 34, 8 in our life and as we help people take refuge in this amazing God. And I can't wait to see what God does and I can't wait to see how he uses us to help many, many people enter into a meaningful relationship with him. He's going to do that through us. We get to be a part of that. And so this is all of us, all of the time. Here's just a couple of takeaways. First of all, if you've taken refuge, if you've made that choice, then you need to help others do the same. And I hope that you'll make that commitment today. If you've taken refuge, help others take it too. And then here's the second takeaway. If you haven't taken refuge yet, are you still kind of considering this and wondering about God? Well, maybe today is your day. Maybe today is the day where you'll take that refuge in him and respond to him and then help other people begin the journey of tasting and seeing that God is good. Psalm 34, verse 8. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. Father, we're thankful for some time today to look into this amazing piece of scripture. And God, it's just one little verse, but yet it is so filled with truth for us. It's a compelling thing. It's an interesting thing that helps us to know how you want us to live. And God, we've talked today about how we need to have this passion to take what we've experienced and know and help others experience and know that as well. God, I believe that you have formed Valley Point Church to provide those kinds of opportunities and we're built around this and it's why we do what we do. So God, we've talked about five different opportunities today. Pray that you'd help one or two or even three of these opportunities just to jump into our hearts this morning. That you'd bother us a little bit and irritate us in a good way. Help us to have a healthy and even a holy discontent with maybe where we're at right now in terms of Sunday morning and inviting or serving. God, maybe love days, you're tugging on our hearts about being involved in that in March or in April. God, maybe it's this upcoming compassion trip to Russia in September. And you're just beginning to whisper into our hearts. God, help us not to ignore that. God, for all of us, I think we can do this training. And so help us to clear our schedules and just set aside time to sharpen our skills a bit in helping others taste and see and take refuge. And then God, would you just help us to know that this is every day and everywhere. It's all of us as we leave and as we go. We are the church. It doesn't stay right here. We go and we move and where we work and where we live and where we go to school. You have intentionally placed us there so that we can do Psalm 34, verse 8. God, help us to take that upon ourselves. I'd like for you just to keep your head bowed and your eyes closed for a moment. If you just to talk to God about what he might be challenging you with right now, let's talk to him about that.
maybe you're here and you haven't taken that refuge yet. And maybe it's making sense and you're ready to take 100% of your trust and your belief and put that in God and take refuge in Him and hide behind Him. Just encourage you from your heart to God's ears. Let Him know that you're ready to trust in Him alone. Just tell Him that. Tell Him that you believe in His forgiveness and His leadership and you're ready to follow that. Let Him know that you've messed up and you don't have it all together. We're we're all that way. Just tell him that. He wants to hear that from you. And invite him into your life to rescue you. Thank him for saving you. That's a prayer that you've offered up for the very first time to this God who invites us and wants us to take refuge in him. I'd encourage you to share that with somebody before you walk out of here today, whether that's me or the person that invited you or somebody that you know here. Share that because it's a wonderful decision and now you get to start this journey of helping others taste and see and take refuge. God, we come to you now and we're just so thankful for who you are and for how you invite us into helping others experience and know what we've experienced and know. God, help all of us to take some kind of step today to embrace this and be so ready with this word take that we're looking at to use that this week, every day, and everywhere. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Well, thanks for listening. We'd also like to invite you to join us for any of our Sunday gatherings as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 and 11 a.m. 